0: everyone and welcome back to Voices of Two Blocks. My name is Hermela and my name is Jeanette. Today we are here with Gretchen Cook-Anderson, Executive Director of Lab Central Ignite. Today we will continue our exploration of the topic of corporate social responsibility. Can and should corporate entities play a greater role in our education?
1: So hi Gretchen, how are you?
2: Hi ladies, how are you? It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
1: We're great and thank you so much for being here. So to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and your path to Lab Central Ignite?
2: That's a great question. Uh, So I have been, just just to kind of frame it uh, from the beginning, I've been at Lab Central Ignite as the inaugural executive director since November 1st. So I I think last week or something, I, I celebrated um, six months. So half a year in, um, uh, in, a, in a very fast paced role um, with a very aggressive agenda on behalf of the community. So that's something I'm very proud of. Um, but uh, what brought me to this point? So I have a background um, as a marketing uh, executive actually. Uh, so my background is not necessarily explicitly in uh, the life sciences, but what it is in um, that brings to bear in this role um, is uh, a career for the last 28 years uh, that has required a great deal of strategic thinking, um, a lot of critical thinking, a lot of strategic thinking, um, a lot of thinking about um, audiences and who an who, uh, our, our organization serves, uh, thinking about community and what's best for a community and how to reach a community, how to impact a community. Um, And I have also um, done a lot of work around programmatic development, um, but impact driven program development that has a positive impact on underrepresented audiences or communities. And so a lot of my background um, in my career is focused around that. Uh, particularly the last 10 years prior, 10 and a half years or so prior to my role um, at, uh, at Lab Central. But I started off as a young person like yourselves. And when I was in high school, I was um, really fascinated with the world. I knew that there's a big world out there and I wanted to be part of it, I wanted to explore it. Uh, I had a fascination with Japanese, again, something not necessarily directly related to to the life sciences industry, Uh, but, you know, I, I really wanted to learn more about other peoples, other cultures, was really fascinated by all of that, and then all of that, Uh, combined with a love for um, strategic and critical thinking, and um, I'm a people person, and I love writing and communicating, and all of that led, um, you know, when I really thought about what I wanted to do with my career, all of that led to a career in marketing with a global bent, um, you know, with a real focus on opportunities to work in and around and on behalf of various underrepresented communities. So a lot of my work, uh, both outside of my formal career, uh, working in communities, um, you know, working as a a volunteer and a board member for nonprofit organizations, as well as the work that I uh, have done throughout my career has had a lot of that kind of focus. Um, I also spent eight years working at NASA, at the space agency, um, uh, out of both out of their headquarters and out of Goddard Space Flight Center, which is one of NASA's um, centers. And so, I've worked a lot with scientists over the years, uh, a lot with scientists and engineers, a lot of folks who are focused around innovation. And so, this is not my first time actually working with innovators, if you will, when it comes to the life sciences. Um, but so I and just. Uh, few other things about me. I'm, I happen to be a mom. I have three kids. Um, one of which is probably about your age. I have a 16 year old daughter, uh, and I have twin, uh, boys who are, uh, gosh, they will be 21 years old in June and they are college juniors. And one is also a STEM happens to be a STEM major and, um, uh, just some quirky little things. I, I speak fluent Japanese which is something I, I learned Japanese. I spent seven years formally uh, focused on learning the language. And I spent two of those years living in country. Uh, I studied abroad when I was a college student. And I am a proud alum of Spelman College, which is a uh, historically black all women's college in Atlanta uh, that was founded in 1881. We just celebrated Founders Day. this Actually today, April 11th is Thank our Founders God. Day. Uh, every year, April 11th is when we celebrate and, uh, and I went on to, um, earn a dual master's degree from Johns Hopkins university in international economics and Japanese studies. And then all of that over the years evolved into, as I mentioned, a career, um, uh, where at the center of everything I've done, uh, has been marketing communications, um, and building and scaling programs.
0: Awesome. Wow, thank you so much for giving us a little like background about yeah. you, I definitely share a lot of the same interests, um, <laughs> that's great, um, and let's just jump into the next question. So, we want to know a little more about how Lab Central is engaged within the community, specifically Cambridge, um, and how it's taking and playing a role within it.
2: So yeah, so Lab Central has been around for I should I should probably give just a teensy bit of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lab Central has been around um, since 2013, so almost 10 years now um, in the community, and um, we are an accelerator of early stage biotech startups. And so we are a nonprofit organization as opposed to a for profit, even though we work on behalf of building, helping to prep provide support around, uh, for-profit entities. Um, but lab central had sort of an innovative model when they first began to, which was an, a model focused around equity. Uh, it's an, we allow for and provide for equitable entry into the biotech sector for entrepreneurs. So they don't have to, they don't have to have as much money as they're at their disposal. They don't have to have the same, you know, um, uh, degree of kind of powerful contacts and so forth, in order to actually begin to build their companies and um, and advance their innovations. And so we were all about equity from the very beginning. We were also all about community from the very beginning. So uh, Lab Central has spent these last 10 years building out a really beautiful community of um, Early stage founders and they're the folks who work for their companies, and they're everybody's housed uh, together um, at 700 Main Street and at several other sites around Cambridge. And but the, the bulk of of, of the focus folks who work with us are at 700 Main Street. You all may know the building; it has the Lab Central logo right out on the front, and we're next kind of near the fi- kind of Pfizer building. Um, but we've been there, really focused on building community among early stage founders and the folks who work with them. And so it's and it really has been a a beautiful opportunity to create that community and create equity, so that. Um, innovators who might not have had the financial wherewithal to really get their companies off the ground have an opportunity to do that. And so with that said, you know, with the focus on community, we also believe in community within community. So, that, you know, we, we know that we live and exist and thrive here in, uh, in Cambridge and are very proud of that fact, not only because it's the kind of innovation hub of the world really, um, but it's a beautiful, diverse community with lots of folks um, engaged in all kinds of work uh, and in lives that are, that are quite diverse. Um, so from the perspective of what Lab Central has been doing in the community over the years, even before, you know, especially before I came aboard, Lab Central had done a lot of outreach to the community and uh, trying to bring the community to us as well as us going out into the community. Um, And that's been through a lot of events and programming where there's been outreach to different neighborhoods, to schools, um, because we want folks to know what we do. We want to connect more folks in uh, Cambridge from all backgrounds to the work that we're doing. Um, And we in the hopes too, that young people like yourselves can see yourselves reflected in our work, and that you may take an interest in the in the kind of work that we're doing, and hopefully want to pursue it. Um, you know, one of the reasons that I'm aboard is because we we know that in the life sciences that there there is um, fairly extreme racial underrepresentation, and so part of solving for that is is doing more outreach to communities. Uh, to communities of color in particular, um, to underserved communities, because we want more people to bring their brilliance, their talent to this industry. We know that um, in order for innovation to happen, in order to expand innovation, diversity is a very important component. And that's something I think most um, most entities these days recognize and have embraced Um, I think that Lab Central began that process long time ago and you know, when we first began. Um, The gentleman who started Lab Central, um, Johannes Fruhoff is actually what I call a a new American. You know, he was not born here in the United States. He immigrated here and built a life for himself and his family. Um, And he too is very sensitive to issues around diversity and um, even including folks who were uh, born outside of the United States and have now made the U.S. their home. And so we feel that it's important not only to build community within Lab Central, but between Lab Central and the community where we exist. So I hope that that helps a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, that all sounds amazing. And I especially love your focus on equitable practices and supporting the community, especially from that diversity and representation lens. And going back to some of the points that you mentioned, which are events and programs, programs that could help spaces in the community and i know one place that you did mention our schools and through our program schools are um and our initiative two blocks schools are one of the like main beneficiaries that we want to kind of like make sure that students and young people are impacted by these like all the businesses that are For around sure. them and lab central being one of them in kendall square so Jeanette, you want to like talk about that? Yeah, for sure.
0: And I just want to echo a lot of things Hermela said, like the whole equity and representation and even the community aspect is something that since the beginning have been a through line for two blocks in our project. Mm -hmm. Um, We very like that we shed light on that all the time. Um, especially the whole equity versus equality. Um, That's super important to our work because, again, we're dealing with disparities. But also, we another thing we always talk about is kind of bringing student voice and underrepresented people's voice Mm -hmm. to the table. Um, A lot of the time, decisions are made without these very necessary voices. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that what we do within two blocks and even outside Mm -hmm. of it, Um, we can become a more diverse and equitable kind of decision-making entity as a whole, if you will.
2: I absolutely, amen, amen, amen. (laughs) I absolutely love everything that you just said. Um, And it's so much of who I am as a professional. I believe that all voices should be represented around the table. When you're talking about impact, uh, if you're going to talk about impacting, a, wanting to impact a particular community in a positive way, well, then the voices from that community need to be at the table when you're making decisions about how that might actually unfold. And so, um, and I've always been a huge believer in that. I've done a lot of social justice work in communities uh, where I have lived. Um, and so that has always been part of my ethos. One of the things I'm really excited about that Lab Central Ignite is about to embark on, and I would love to have your voices in this part of this, um, but we're about to embark on a um, a piloted public education campaign to share more with the community about what is biotechnology? What what is the life sciences? I think if you were to, you know, stop the average person on the street, no matter their background, really. Uh, but I think if you were to stop the average uh, f- person from the Boston area on the street um, and, and put them on the spot and say, can you tell me something about biotech? Can you tell me something about the life sciences? Give me one sentence, one good sentence. Um, I'm not sure that the average person could do that unless they are themselves steeped in, in in the sector, unless they're involved in the sector themselves or perhaps know someone who is and know that person very well. It, perhaps it's a, it's a parent or it's a, it's a grown child or it may be a neighbor who they've had a conversation with. But outside of that, I don't know that the average person could do that. And so with our work at Lab Central Ignite, our goal is to boldly address Racial and gender underrepresentation in life sciences. And one of the fundamental ways I think that we need to begin to do that or do it better um, is to actually make sure that folks know what biotech is and make sure that, you know, what the heck is biotech, right? I mean, a, and that's actually the name of a, of a community workshop that we are developing right now um, that we're taking to the communities uh, around the area to actually invite people in to learn more about life sciences, learn more about biotech, uh, and to also ask questions, to meet people who look like themselves, who are already connected to the industry across various different kinds of roles, not just the science-based roles, but all the other important roles that support and uplift those science innovators. Um, and so I want to we wanna make sure that You know young people like yourself have opportunity to actually attend a workshop like that and if you don't already know about biotech learn 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 the fundamentals of what biotechnology is hopefully to get a little bit excited about it and want to learn more Um, and then we'll also share all kinds of uh, follow-on activities that if you're interested that you can plug into additional uh, educational opportunities free training opportunities if you really want to get hands-on and dig in and really learn more uh, from a hands-on perspective or if you want to refer somebody you know to get involved in that Um, and then to also understand what kinds of actual jobs can real people get access to in in the sector because it's it's one thing to um to say that we want more professional diversity in the industry it's another thing to actually do the work to make that happen. And so I think part of that, uh, like I said, and something I'm very excited about is this opportunity to launch a public awareness campaign um, where we are going out into the community and inviting the community in. So it's both ways, two way, it's both ways, right? Because um, it's not fair if it's one way, right? We're doing it, you know, for, do both ways. Um, so we're physically taking ourselves out to communities uh, like Cambridge, like Somerville, like Roxbury, like Dorchester, like Lowell, north of here, to really talk with people about, about opportunities, but to make sure first that people understand what, what the sector is all about. Why is bi- biotechnology important to all of our communities? Why is it important to individuals? Why is it important to humanity and our ability as human beings to survive and thrive? Um, You know, what are what's all that innovation about in the fancy labs right in the buildings that all the construction that keeps happening all around us right where these uh, laboratory spaces and offices are going up. Uh, We really want people to understand more what's happening in those buildings. And, you know, but even more so, how can they be part of it. The you know, this is a sector that is fast growing, not only here in the United States, but globally, it is a wealth producing sector. Um, and so from that perspective, more communities of color need to have, op- folks in communities of color need to have opportunities to connect with that wealth, those wealth building opportunities. In addition, the sector needs us. It sector needs our brilliance. We have talent that is undertapped in our communities that we need in this sector. And so, so it's, again, it's a two-way street. Right? I think I really do think, but that public education campaign is going to be super exciting. And I'm really, really, um, I, I mean, I'm probably about to jump out of my seat because I'm really <laughs> excited about the opportunity to bring biotechnology and the life sciences to our communities to try to get more people connected. I want to see more people in these jobs. Um, you know, there's, there are more jobs in biotechnology that right now than there are people to fill. And so we want to make sure that folks from uh, underserved communities and communities of color, uh, which are not always the same thing, but sometimes there's crossover, as we know, but we want to make sure that folks from uh, historically disconnected communities have the ability uh, to be part of uh, this, this, this sector, this innovation economy that is so important to the economy of Massachusetts and to the country. So um, that's, you know, but that's something I'm really excited about. Um, That is again, another part of that, you know, Lab Central Ignite trying to work within our community, not only building community from within, but also reaching out and creating community around us as well.
0: This is so exciting because you're saying a lot of the things that we are trying to put on the table and emphasize. So this is super exciting that you're partaking in this work. Um, I love that you are trying your best to integrate, like, people's voice that's something that is super important and even the awareness aspect that's something we're trying to do as well and even within the schools like I think the whole like education and just learning teaching people what it is and what it's about is really important especially from a younger age um Mm -hmm. I've talked to so many students who don't even know that Pfizer and Moderna are in their backyard and they're like doing amazing things for the world like they've Like created the vaccination for COVID. So there's just so much stuff that's happening and all this innovation, but it's very disconnected. And I always kind of label Kendall Square as, yes, it's the most innovative square mile on the planet, but it's so Mm -hmm. internalized and it's so elitist. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I want to, if I walk through there and my friends walk through there, how many of us can feel represented and how many of us can feel like people like us belong there and are there so we want to just that's something that we're pushing for and our kind of effort of building that function with the school district is to kind of create Mm -hmm. that pipeline and pushing students of underrepresented under like all this stuff and pushing them into Kendall Square to feel like they can have a voice and have a say in this amazing innovation that's going on.
2: Absolutely. Well, like I said, I think we're, I think we're singing from the same. Yes, we <laughs> yes. are. <laughs> um, but like I said, I, I, I truly believe, and one thing I will mention is that there are, even though the the percentages are not significant, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to underscore that there are people who look like us who have found their pathway into the life sciences successfully and are navigating that. And so one of the things that at at Lab Central Ignite that we've begun to do on social media is we've begun to create something that we've called our lit series so we're ignite right so we we have all kinds of you know words and phrases that are kind of associated with fire and igniting things in positive ways but um and so our lit spotlight series and lit stands for leadership and inclusive talent so our lit spotlight series is one that where we've used an opportunity to throw to cast a spotlight on people who are succeeding in the life sciences who come from either historically disconnected communities right here around us in Boston, um, and other folks who come from underrepresented backgrounds, whether they're women in leadership positions in in the sector, uh, folks of color in leadership positions, folks of color up and down, uh, various different kinds of roles, uh, both from entry level all the way into leadership and board levels. um, Because we think it's important you need to see yourself reflected in these mm-hmm. people. You need to know that they exist and that there are indeed folks who are not successfully navigating this industry. Um, and they are excited about the opportunity to connect with others as well. And so we have been, um, we've been building out those profiles and posting them to social media. And we've been really fascinated at the, there seems to be a hunger for um, you know not only adults who are already plugged into the industry of different backgrounds but others as well to really want to learn more about these folks and you know who they are, what they're doing, uh, you know, and the fact that they are multifaceted individuals as we all are and so um, but that's been something that we've been really excited about and then one other thing about connecting um, to the community and, and including voices at the table is that as part of our uh, building out and planning this uh, public awareness campaign, we've been working with community groups from around the city um, who are on the ground in our communities uh, because we need their voice at the table. We want their voice at the table. So this is, in other words, this is not Lab Central Ignite imposing something on the community and saying, oh, here you go. Um, this has been done in and in a, created in a collaborative fashion. I think that is absolutely um, essential if you want um, any kind of public awareness campaign to be successful, and you really want it to have the impact that's desired.
1: No, I love all of these ideas that you have taking place from the public education campaign to the spotlight series. And I think that all of this is so important because in the end it's from community awareness that you can further garner kind of interest and in that sense, I feel like when we talk about representation, for example, there are a lot of statistics that we receive and they're shocking to see achievement gaps that exist in our very own schools. And I think that it also takes some personal um, stories to kind of see that. So from my perspective, I'm currently taking an advanced placement class. And I can tell you right now that when I look around, I don't see the diversity of the student body or even the city reflected in that class that I'm in. And I think that it's such an like an elitist way of thinking that only certain students can get into these classes into these classes and can know about these opportunities and I think that in the end from all these initiatives that we're trying to have um, kind of impacting the students Mm -hmm. are so that students know what's around them and especially with Cambridge and having Kendall Square like the most innovative square mile on the planet we know that all of these opportunities do exist and we're holding the city and everybody accountable for bringing Mm -hmm. students into the successful world Mm -hmm. and I think you can kind of connect this to the saying that it takes a village, and I think that it takes all of Cambridge to kind of invest in the lives of the young people that live here, and it takes all of the centers, the sectors of the city from business to government to school, and everything combined is what can really further garner all of the support that we're looking for.
0: For sure. and
2: I couldn't have said it any better.
0: (laughs) No, definitely, and just to like jump in really quickly, it's like Can we like? I'm in those AP classes as Mm -hmm. well, and it's Mm -hmm. like this is in a classroom we're talking about in a school, and Mm -hmm. this should be an equitable experience for everyone. Everyone should have have access to this. So I can't even imagine what it's like within Mm -hmm. the work field. Yeah, Yeah. how that disparity is very, very like it's just there. Right, and it can get tougher.
2: It can get tougher the further you go along. Exactly. You know, if you, if you think you barely exist in the AP classes, Mm -hmm. you know, wait till you get to college and certain classes Mm -hmm. in college, especially depending on what kind of institution you decide to attend and what the demographics of that institution already are. Um, But, you know, I, I have been accustomed to being the only, the one and only. And so I have spent probably most of my career (laughs) in that, you know, and, you know, at a point, you know, I just, you know, instead of despairing it. I just kind of had to, to dig Embrace deep it. and think, you know what, yeah. I am going to be one of those who projects myself forward. I mm-hmm. cannot just look around and say, well, I'm the only one and woe is me. Um, I have to be responsible for where I am going. And I can't worry as much about who's not here unless, unless and until I'm in a position to make to, to bring others up. And so that's where I am now in my life and career. I am all about trying to ensure that there is greater representation um, across whatever work I am doing. And it just, you know, and in this field, again, I go back to the fact that in order to spur innovation, diversity of thought, perspective, experience is necessary. It's a necessary element. I truly believe that. Um, And I think, you know, though this sector certainly is flourishing, I think that exponentially it will flourish that much more the greater diversity is contributing um, you know, to the sector. And, so it's, and it's not a sector that has very little racial diversity. So for example, um, the sector has uh, pronounced representation from folks of Asian heritage, for example. Um, even, even uh, from folks uh, coming, coming from East Indian uh, heritage and that part is kind of South Asian heritage as well. But I tell you what's missing, um, you know, there, there are certain uh, populations of professionals who overwhelmingly are missing, who would add to that diversity, add to that brilliance and talent. Um, and those are folks who are of African, from African diaspora, you know, whether they're born here in the United States or born elsewhere and, and live here now, um, and of Latin heritage, um, whether, whether the terminology you choose to use is Latinx or Latina, Latino, you know, uh, heritage. Uh, so there's there are certain populations of professionals that um, overwhelmingly are not as well represented, and I and that's something I definitely hope that we can you know can help to impact collectively with the with in partnership with others. Uh, we know we can't. We know you know our little ignite team can't do it all by ourselves. This is a this is a collective effort. This is a community effort um, to make to make a difference here. And so for us, there's a call to action. You know, coming. From our team, you know, as we're kind of embarking in partnership with other organizations on this public education campaign, there's a call to action from the community. Help us, help us. Let's all do this together. Let's be, let's be part of making this change together. Uh, we wanna be able to better connect community to the industry, but I, you know, it has, it does need to be a two-way street at some point as well. So, but we're we're willing to do our work. We want everybody to be part of it. Um, in order to make uh, the impactful change that we wanna see.
1: Yeah, diversity, diversity, diversity. That is all we are asking for at this point. And I think that it's a shame that a lot of this is normalized and I think we can all agree and we're in agreement that this should start young because if we're able to tackle this issue at the pinpoint of when mm-hmm. your interests and when every like when all your beliefs start to develop, from there's when everybody can we can all branch out and this diversity problem that we have can kind of be abolished and mm-hmm. Starting with, like continuing with this theme that we have going, starting from a young age, the first thing that we can target are schools. And we, in two blocks, are we want to create a pipeline through these businesses and government sectors in Cambridge that can connect opportunities to students and students to success. So we first wanted to ask you a question because we are going to bring up a term that we are focusing on right now through our business focus. And this is creating shared value so are you familiar Mm -hmm. with creating shared value I'm somewhat
2: familiar with it I know it's a kind of a Harvard business school (laughs) I think a term yeah
0: yeah, I yeah. can like give you our definition mm-hmm. and we can kind of go from there. So sure. our kind of classification of what corporate shared value is, um, mm-hmm. is a new generation business thinking, which enhances the comp- competitive position of the company, while at the same time advances the society in which it operates within. Um, so that's kind of something we kind of parallel to Kendall Square mm-hmm. as like the ideal um, situation we would want to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and essentially it's finding that intersection between business opportunities and societal needs and yeah. taking the community that you are surrounded by and incorporating that community into your work so that all parties can benefit. Mm-hmm. And we find um, shared value or corporate shared value also connected to corporate social responsibility, which is another big term, but we can definitely mm-hmm. unpack it. Yeah, So mm-hmm. corporate social responsibility, or CSR, refers to practices and policies undertaken by by corporations and companies, and these can be the ones that we know of in Kendall Square that are intended to have a positive influence on the world and the communities around them. So the key objective behind CSR is for corporations to pursue these pro-social beliefs and as an additive to maximizing profits. So I think these two terms are definitely interconnected, but they're also what we're looking for from these businesses so that schools and the surrounding community can overall benefit as a whole. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I and I believe in all of that. So even <laughs> when I, you know, I've spent most of my career in the nonprofit world, but uh, I did spend a part of it in the for-profit world earlier on in my career. Um, and one of the the kind of central themes for the work that I was doing um, was building um, building relationships between um, corporations and and their audiences, and their customers, their communities that they serve, um, that where their where their products were you know were purchased by those folks. So, um, but not just from the perspective of driving additional revenue, but because of the fact that when you're, you know, when you're out in the community doing good works and and creating that shared value with the community and in conjunction with the community, um, the better off your community is, the better you know. The better off your profits are going to be anyway, right? So I think, you know, I think companies, you know, it, it, it's taken some longer than others to kind of come around to this. But I think that, you know, if you, the, the better, I, I mean, I pretty much said it, if the better off your community is, the better off your your customer base is um, with regard to their own uh, well-being and, and all of that, the, the better positioned they're going to be to buy into whatever it is that you're selling. You know, if you're, if you're a traditional company uh, that sells a product or a service. And so um, I think that it, the onus is on uh, companies to involve themselves in the community, to make contributions to the community, um, to bring the community to them as well in creative ways. And there, with most companies, there are indeed creative ways to do that, um, where, they, where it's, a, it's a give and a take, and it's not just a take. So, um, but I'm I'm I've I've always been a big believer that that companies need to be steeped in the very communities um, from which you know they they expect their profits.
1: Yeah, For sure. And, and yeah, uh, I was just gonna say that I think you emphasized on a lot of what we're trying to talk about, and we just wanted to ask you and your perspective and throughout your experiences, what do you think it will take for corporations? And I know that you have a lot of experience with this, but what will it take for corporations to move from a corporate social responsibility mindset to a creating shared value mindset and kind of finding the value and investing in the community?
2: Mm -hmm. So, whatever you think. Mm, What will it take? Well, (laughs) I think think in, in recent years we've seen a huge shift Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, even, and I, you know, I, I'm going to go back to even just two years ago with the death of George Floyd and the, the uprising of staff of, of corporate teams of organizational staff teams at nonprofits and at school teachers at schools and, you know, organizations of every kind everywhere, um, who over the course of that year, I think both as a, as a function of the pandemic and of, um, you know, the is- issues like those of, of the murder of George Floyd, I think, you know, really compelled people to begin take a, to take a more active role and to demand more of their employers. Um, so I think that has been huge. Uh, that has made a huge shift, um, I think, because those, that's an internal demand where internally um, staff teams and folks who work for various different kinds of organizations now have a whole different set of expectations of what kind of workplace they wanna work in um, and what what kind of expectations they have of their employers with regard to engagement with the community. Uh, And and with regards to their, their, their organization working to make a difference in the community that it serves. So I think that's been one thing that, you know, honestly was necessary. I think there had to be an internal demand happening at these, at these organizations, at, which includes private sector companies. Um, but I think also, you know, there is power and I, and I, I think most um, uh, customers know this, but there is power in community. Uh, when it comes to customers and folks who um, partake of various different products and services from organizations. So I think, you know, there, there is power to organize there and make demands um, of, of the very companies that are around you. So I think that that's something that I, you know, I have always believed in. I've been part of myself (laughs) um, as a customer, as someone who uses various different products and services um, where, you know, we have to understand that we have power on that end as well. But so I think that, you know, the customer base or audiences need to understand and utilize their power to demand more. Communities need to demand more then of the of the companies that are around them that are growing up within and around our communities. Um, but I think too there has to be an there has to be internal shift and internal demand and expectation. And I do think that that's one of the changes that we've seen, even just in these past two years. And I don't really see that waning. Interestingly enough, um, you know I'm in an organization now of about seventy people. Um, and the emphasis on diversity, on equity, on inclusive, on an inclusive workplace, on a workplace where everybody feels they can bring themselves to work, uh, where there's a stronger sense of belonging, that type of environment and the demand for that is not waning. So I do think that, um, that, that, that those are the kinds of shifts that have to happen in order for change like that to happen.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, we definitely agree with a lot of those um, kind of points you brought up. And just to wrap it up, and just kind of this ties in into our last question, um, is how and can um, corporate entities play a greater role within our education? Um, And we kind of brought this up earlier in our conversation, um, but we want to know from kind of your lens, and we'll give you our take on it as well after you on how we can combat this issue as a whole. Mm,
2: yeah, more connection uh, with the schools. So, I mean, there, there are some, some things that have been done for years, which um, w- where I think that there could be more done and it, it could be kind of like not a one and done, but more consistent ongoing efforts, which is our um, uh, opportunities for programming that provides mentorship between folks in organizations Uh, who are in the, you know, in mid-career professionals and so forth, um, providing more mentoring opportunities um, to students in schools, uh, because they're, they're, you know, I think there's a lot of importance that can be gained in those connections, a lot of learning, a lot of um, perspective that can be gained in those connections. Uh, there's a lot of value that can come out of those kinds of connections. I, I would love to see even more internship programs, you know, for high school students, not just college students. Um, because you'll find that most internship programs are at the undergraduate level uh, rather than at the high school level, but especially for students who are um, 11th and 12th graders, but even maybe younger, depending on um, the nature of the internship opportunity. I think that it, they could, you know, there could be, a, again, a lot of shared value there, um, opportunities for the folks in the organizations to learn from young people and vice versa. So it's not just a one way street, but I think there's learning that we adults can do, you know, when it when it comes to to young people, I learn from my my own three children. I learn from them every day, every day, and I'll admit that I am a fifty two year old woman. I learn from my children every day, every day. Uh, whether it's something about fashion and style, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to try to try to keep myself current, um, or if it's an opportunity to learn what's going on in their minds, what are they thinking about. How might that inform my work um, and, and the angle at which I come, the approach that I take to my work? Um, but there's a lot to be learned um, across generations, you know, that kind of trend, kind of cross generational approach. I think there's so much value to be gained on both sides. But I think there's a lot of things that organizations and companies can learn about their approach to their customers, their approach to um communities their approach to society just by listening to young people so I think that there there's a lot of shared value uh, there so internships mentorships uh, more mentoring um I think that there are uh, lots of ways for uh, companies and organizations to have more of their folks volunteering at schools there you know I think that I don't see enough of that. And I really don't see enough of that as well. Um, I think some of that may have to do kind of volunteering at schools these days. There was more of it decades ago. And then uh, I think there, that a lot of organizations and companies sort of they're peeled back from that because of changes in policies in school districts with regard to um, adults or guests being in schools for different reasons at different times and things like that. So there there are some uh, kind of, Safety issues, protocol issues, and things like that—that that may have had some bearing there—but um, that doesn't mean that more folks can't work with after-school programs. Um, and, and you know, there are there are all kinds of ways to skin the cat. But I would I would just love to see more kind of engagement uh, opportunities and the bringing together um, of students at, and in their schools and folks in the organizations workshops, you know, do host workshops at the schools. Um, that's something that, but but not in a one and done fashion, you know, where it's a consistent ongoing thing, year after year after year, multiple times a year, bringing um, representatives from your organization into the classrooms, um, into the assembly halls, you know, things like that, to talk for people to talk about what they do and what was their pathway to get there, um, to share advice, with, with students, uh, answer questions about what they do. Same kind of things that you're asking me about, right? I mean, how much, more exponential, how much more exponential value would you get if there were teams of folks who were showing up at schools, you know, for, for assemblies and workshops and meeting and engaging with students and answering questions and, and staying engaged um, over time? So I'd love to see more of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that kind of emphasizes one of the points that you talked about, the willingness to seek that value is definitely the first step. And I think from there, so much can follow and kind of skyrocket. And such as you said, not only having these one and done events, but events that persist. And I think that that's definitely something that we can highlight and bring to the table as students who are looking for these opportunities, but also businesses who want to incorporate these opportunities into the community itself.
0: For sure. Well, and- I love
2: it. Yeah, I'm sorry. No,
0: no, go ahead. No. Um, we, I was just going to say, like, as a final comment of mine is, like, you bring up the term of, like, kind of bringing together, and we say, like, bridging the gap. Um, because there is that gap both physically and metaphorically between mm-hmm. all of Cambridge and then Kendall Square. Um, mm-hmm. So how we can bridge that gap in multiple different attributes, whether it's through internships and mentoring mentoring for students, but even just walking through, like, as I said before, that emphasis of just walking through and feeling mm-hmm. like you belong is something super important. Um, but I definitely think that we, We both have a lot of the shared, kind of even shared value um, (laughs) in the work that you're doing and what we're doing with Two Blocks as well. So that's super, super amazing.
2: Well, I just want to personally invite both of you. The call to action is there for you. I'm going to, personally, I want to invite both of you. And if you want to bring some of your peers along, I'd love to arrange a tour for you of Lab Central, so that you can you can meet some of our um, early stage startup founders and some of the scientists who are actually engaged in these amazing innovations. So you can ask them questions. But I'd love to take you take you on a tour of our facilities. So you can see what we do and how it unfolds every day, and meet some of the people. Um, and meet also meet some of the you know some of the folks who work for these resident um, early stage companies who are from local communities. Um, I think it would be great for you to have an opportunity to to maybe meet a few of them and ask them questions about, so what was your pathway to doing what you do now? Um, You know, I think that would be great. So I would love to have you over. Um, And then the other thing I I do wanna mention is that in the hallways of Lab Central, one of the wonderful things that we've done that is, I think, enriching, definitely enriching to those of us who work at Lab Central um, is that we plug into the community and we actually exhibit the art of local artists on our walls. And not only do we exhibit that art, but we invite those artists in and we do community events. Uh, we actually had one, was it la- just last week, um, that, uh, the third, I think it was the 31st of March. Um, we had, so uh, almost two weeks ago now. We had enough yet another one of these events Uh, we had three black artists whose works dominate our walls um, all over the building Uh, and it's a huge building so but there were the huge giant large scale pieces that that dominate our walls Um, and so those three artists actually came to us came to lab central and we reached out into the community invited people from anywhere anyone was welcome to come and join and we had an amazing event showcasing their their art um, and then having them talk about their work and what brought them to uh, the work that they do as artists and we talked about you know the intersection of art and science and technology Uh, but it gives us that chance to actually show the intersection of art and science and technology right on the walls and in the work that is being done in that building and so um, I wanted to mention that too, is that, cause that's yet another way that we've been trying to stay connected to the community by featuring the works of, of local artists. And most of those artists, since I have uh, joined Lab Central, have actually been artists of color. Um, so it's been really great um, to be able to walk the halls and see portraits and other artwork that portrays people who look like me.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again for extending the invitation out to let us go on a tour. We'd love to. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely set something up. But once again, we just want to thank you for joining us today for our episode. Thank we you. Enjoy- enjoyed our conversation so much. Um. We definitely have a lot of the same attributes and kind of in the work we do. So yeah. I definitely like really appreciate that.
2: But I really I I feel it. I, really <laughs> so- I feel it and I see you.